I think they're the best questions. This is probably the most helpful thing I'll say on this podcast is whatever, whatever you're thinking about doing, whatever that may be, who could sue you for it? Number one question, who, right? Like if it's your, your cousin or a former collaborator or some artist you've never heard of that lives on the other side of the world, who could sue you? Number two is, would they do that? Or what would they gain from doing that? Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Art Department podcast. It's Emmanuel Xu again in San Francisco, myself, Jan Urschel in Singapore. And today we have special guest Jacob Martin out of LA. And uh, Emmanuel, why don't you go ahead and introduce him to us? Yeah, so uh, as probably everybody knows, I've been uh, doing a lot of clubhousing and NFTs and things like that. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of research myself and with, you know, through those rooms, I, I've listened to Jacob speak many times, uh, to the point where I actually felt like I knew him, uh, but had a lot of really good information and I got a really good vibe from him. And I thought it would be really interesting to have him on the show to explain a little bit more of the legalities of what's happening around us now in this art world, uh, this digital art world. Uh, and I think it would be super informative. So here's Jacob. Uh, welcome. And please uh, start us off with a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, uh, yes, my name is Jacob Martin. I, I did the, the corny social media thing. So on Twitter and Clubhouse and Instagram, it's at the NFT attorney. Um, but that is more or less what I've been doing every day for probably four or five months now. Um, but going back a few years, uh, 2016, 2017, I was around a bunch of the ICOs as, as they were forming and doing paperwork on that as a, as a legal intern. Um, and I loved it. I loved the chaos and the gray space. And it's always a good reminder that there, there are black and white rules that are undergirding everything that happens next. Right. So it was ICOs, then it was Canon, where there's some black and white and also some gray. So for me, I did the ICO thing and then I built a blockchain company myself, tried to take wills and trusts into smart contracts so that we could have like automatic testamentary distribution, right? Because probate court is the worst, lawyers are the worst, um, generally. I, I can say that I am one. Um, but a lot of times lawyers get in the way and blockchain is, is to be frictionless, right? Hopefully no lawyers, no contracts. So there's some pros and cons there. Um, but yeah, for me, for the last probably almost going on five months or so, I saw NFTs emerge. Um, at first it was just NBA top shots. I thought that sounded fun, but as a hobby. And then when I realized artists, creators, corporations and everyone was about to get involved in cryptocurrency for the first time and ip issues for the first time it just seemed like the sec the irs and a bunch of other people were ready to get it gonna get in here and, and cause problems so uh i started doing a lot of clubhouse myself staying up at all hours researching writing um and now i've found myself doing a ton of interesting projects so i'm sure we'll get into some of that as we go but uh it's kind of been my path yeah, wow, awesome. Um, so, I mean, 
What is one of the, you know, what are some of the, the, the biggest things that you found out about, you know, the, the NFT world? I mean, obviously, it's going to be revolving around some sort of IP. Uh, I mean, that I, I would assume that that's one of the big things that you just mentioned. Uh, so what is uh, what have you found out about this whole IP uh, issue? Yeah, I think I think the best place for people to like start with understanding uh, like a revolutionary use case of NFTs is Beeple, right? Mm -hmm. So Beeple is a graphic designer, created a piece a day for 14 years now. Um, and if you listen to the Winklevoss twins talk about it or, or Griffin and Duncan at Nifty Gateway, they'll say Beeple didn't know how to monetize his stuff. There really wasn't a way to monetize his stuff. And they, they showed him, hey, we can make it a unique you know, provenance identifier. Like, we can help you certify this as real mm -hmm. um, and monetize it. And his first drop at Nifty Gateway did like $4 million. Um, and so instantly there's IP validation, right? And so I know a bunch of people who do um, Magic the Gathering art or comic book illustration, and they do it digitally at this point. They've never been able to sell a digital one-of-one -one on eBay. But now if they could certify their digitally created one-of-one -one as an NFT, that's a new interesting IP issue because previously no one was concerned about your digital one of one because you couldn't sell it. So that's not in your contract. Mm -hmm. But what if you can show provenance on a digital one of one? Why couldn't you sell it the same way as you could a physical one of one oil painting that you did for X company? Um, so yeah, I think again, this is where some things are black and white. You signed a work for hire or you didn't. You created something on your own, or you didn't, right? And so there's a little bit of black and white, but then there's, well, I've always done X at Comic-Con, or I've always done this on eBay, or I've always done this on Etsy, so why can't I just do that as an NFT now? I think that's a pretty good question. And and have you? are there any sort of... If you do sign a work for hire, obviously you're saying, hey, whatever I create is yours. Um, is, is there anything being written now with NFTs in mind that you know of? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been doing some. Uh, I've seen some interesting things. I, I helped an individual who's an actor working on a future video game. Um, he was like, "How do I sneak NFTs into my contract with like a major AAA publishing company?" And I was like, just sneak in there that you have the rights to your own likeness for NFTs. So let's see what happens. And it worked. And I, I can tell you what game that is someday later on, but uh, you'll know it. And it was, it was interesting because that company wasn't paying attention. But from everything I've heard, DC and Marvel have already added to all of their new contracts for new pages for comics. We own everything and we own the rights to NFTs. Um, mm. and as I've heard it said by some comic book illustrators, uh, you don't really want to push back too hard because there's a 19 year old somewhere who's desperate to draw Batman. Right. Right. So, um, I think that's an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, I'm also, um, I can't really get into the details on here, but I'm presently working on what I think is the first copyright dispute in NFT land that's of note um there's a project that did x million dollars worth of revenue over a very short period of time 
um allegedly they stole artwork from another creative um kind of went viral on twitter discord whatever um i'm working with the creator whose stuff was allegedly taken um and i'll say some of it seems pretty clear cut to me so we'll see what the arguments look like and they're trying to settle that privately because if it goes to court nobody typically likes that but i can comfortably say if that one does go to court then I will help you get firm answers to this question because I'll be in court <laughs> <laughs> helping the judge write out what the firm answers should be. Because, um, yeah, yeah no, we, haven't had, yeah. we haven't had that litigation happen yet, so it's not codified, right? Like, like we don't know exactly how the court feels about the word NFT. We will in the next 12 months, but that's only because, you know, somebody messed up. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we've we've actually had an episode covering sort of fan art before and what we thought and and all sort of sort of the general minutia the the the, the wording uh of right. of of uh, copyright but you know this takes it to a new level because you're actually you know like back then fan art maybe it's you know you make a couple of bucks on a on a on a t-shirt run or you know a couple hundred here a couple hundred there the companies you know probably wouldn't care um you know even if it was you know infringing on their ip but nowadays, I mean, if you're making millions off of, say, something Disney owns, I mean, it, it, it it's just a very, I mean, I, I don't, uh, I, that's why I want to get your take on, well, I mean, yeah. if I was to do an NFT of my own and it involves some kind of IP, like, say, um, you know, like you said, Batman, um, and, and I make 10 million, I mean, you know, what can happen to me? Uh, yeah, I mean, so so there's there's two considerations. If a non-U.S. person violates a U.S. copyright holder's copyright, then the mo like like right like if someone in the U.S. or someone outside the U.S. if it's one and one, one and the other, the most that can happen in court is how much money was made, right? Like that's if if it was a ten million dollar thing, it's a ten million dollar lawsuit. That's it. But if a U.S. resident violates another U.S. resident's copyrights, then there's room for, like, extra damages for doing it on purpose, right? Like, penalties can be assessed. Mm -hmm. So that's a totally different conversation, depending, you know, geographically. Um, I, I will say that this, we won't get anywhere near an answer on this podcast because I still don't have an answer. But I think jurisdiction is one of the most fascinating parts of a decentralized network. How do you know where it was created, where the person was when they posted it on the internet? Sometimes, how do you even know who the person was? Um, it's not true, like it true. happened in California, right? It, so, jurisdiction. Who who would you sue and where would you sue them? It's like a deeply interesting question. I mean, Jan's the same, you know, he's in, in Asia right now. Mm -hmm. Like, where would I sue Jan? Like, for a thing that occurred maybe in Southern California, right? Like I'm in Southern California, but <clears throat> did it occur here or did it occur? Yeah. On the where you minted it could be right? like, it's exactly. It's a little different than the internet, which has like clear, you know, access points. If it's a truly decentralized network with nodes in various locations, then there's no substantial ties to anywhere specific. That one's a rabbit trail. I'm sure you'll get comments on your video being like, this guy's an idiot, <laughs> but it's interesting. Um, jurisdic jurisdiction is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the Batman thing, 
obviously there's a whole sector of people who have made their living off of someone else's IP, right? Like, like, like helping Lucasfilm or helping Disney or helping whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of beautiful opportunity for people who create their own IP, right? So Micah Johnson with Aku, that's going to be made into a feature film, right? Um, uh, the Ugly Dolls creator, I think it's Hobarth, Mike Hobarth, something like that. I saw him talking yesterday about the success of some of his NFTs after the flop of his movie, right? So it's like, it's interesting to see, you know, render, he's creating this fascinating, Baka Arts is creating a really universe that's going to become a graphic novel. Like, this is interesting creation of IP and then monetizing it piece by piece through through the NFT process. That's it's new, right? It's it's new and there's provenance. This is like somewhere between Kickstarter, Indiegogo, right? It's this pre-funding of new IP, right? Like like payment for what you've just created and this opportunity to create more. I think that's awesome and um I hope people don't screw each other, right? Like that's... No, I mean I I I think I think making sort of your own life. We've always been a big proponent of people um, doing original content and making your own IP because uh, you know the, it, it's got heart, it's got soul, you know, and and you can never be sued for your own IP because it's your own IP. But the problem is, um, there's a lot of people that I have heard of, you know, in these rooms and and also have seen who are actually making a lot of money doing uh, like a Batman. And right. and I right. mean that you know in No Saul's case even people uh, people asked him well you use Disney characters uh, and he's like well you know come after me you know uh, because yep. that's you know people right uh, and and there's no precedent is the thing I mean right. there's nothing has been done nobody's been really sued uh, at least not that I know of um, right. and so it's this sort of wild west mentality but uh, you know. It's good to have some of the facts, I think, too. Yeah. Which is, like you said, it's just this kind of there's no there's some facts and there's there's question marks. Um, yeah. And decentralized is a good good example of who do you you know like because some of these people aren't you don't even know who they are. Right. And that's 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 sort of the whole point of it. Um, would would you know would you have any advice on you know people who are saying hey. You know, I I have this. You know, I, I want to do, I want to do Batman. Um, right? Is it like not advisable? Like, hey, if you're in well, doubt, don't do it. Or yeah. So if you if you look at, I, I think really it depends on the creator's relationship with the publishing house, right? Like, do you want them to give you more contracts? Have they already publicly said don't post NFTs? Right. So if we're talking DC and you want to do more work for DC in the future and DC said, don't post any NFTs. Right. Like, I don't know what else to say other than they might sue you, but they might also just blacklist you to be fair. Right. Like that doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means they might sue you and they might blacklist you. And even if you win the lawsuit, they still might blacklist you. Right. Like like it's a personal <laughs> some of that's going to be a personal choice at some right, point right. Um, that's a good obviously point. A good point. obviously uh a couple of comic book illustrators specifically right the wonder woman piece that sold for over a million dollars right there's a there's a couple of really really 
awesome pieces. I think a Spider-Man piece sold. Um, I'm not naming artists, right? You guys can obviously look that up. But those are personal decisions for them to do. And I think I think Portion portion.io has a bunch of comic book art on it or, or comic book tangential art um you know i was told that the i think the the boss logic snyder cut drop that was supposed to happen on maker's place or nick to gateway or whatever it was um i guess it was probably maker's place i think from what i heard they pulled it at the last second because dc found out there was a bunch of batman stuff already floating around on the platform and they're like, what the heck? You're not keeping people off. Like, you're not stopping people from using our IP. Obviously, that's kind of hearsay as well. But that's that's what I heard through the grapevine, was that that's why it got pulled, um, which makes sense to me. So, I don't know. I think they'll probably pull a bit of a Disney Plus, where they're not going to really sue anybody. They're going to kind of let it happen. And then, boom, we're going to have DC Universe NFT, right? Like, D- Disney Plus NFT, DC Plus NFT, like, that's what it seems like they'll probably do, but we don't know. Um, so yeah, guess, it, the ad- advice would be, if it's your own IP, great. If you want to list in your description who you are and that you did a bunch of dope IP that was someone else's, right? I did this for Batman, I did this for whatever. You could use it, but if it's not your own and you've ever signed any kind of work for hire and you realize they've already asked you not to, that doesn't mean you can't. Just means you probably shouldn't. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot no, of people. I mean, oh, sorry. It. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, e- even in even non-NFT, right? I mean, even if you're just talking right. about purely, I'm gonna sell a bunch of T-shirts or uh, I'm gonna do posters because of Batman and it's because I want to. Uh, I mean, you could still get, get sued. Of course, I don't think anybody really wants to sue you over a couple right. hundred bucks right. worth of T-shirts, but legally. You know, I mean, we at least what we know, unless it's satire, uh, you're not really allowed to use it. I mean, if it's on a purely legal sense, I mean, at least that's what I understood. <laughs> and I'm not a lawyer, so um, is that yeah, sort of the, I mean, yeah, that's so there's there, it, so there's satire, there's kind of fair use, and then some people would maybe go as far as to argue like transformative like you do something that's batman but it's not really batman but if someone really wants to make money off of a batman comic they drew then none of that comes into play right it's not satire and it's not uh fair use it's not transformative it's just something they drew already so that's tough i think you know when it comes to uh licensing specifically actually sorry i almost lost it for a second when crypto kitties came out um, Dapper Labs released the first ever like description of licensing around an NFT. So it's called nftlicense.org. And it's literally their their definition of what you were receiving by purchasing a CryptoKitty. And in their rules, I don't remember or believe that it was like a statutory thing. I think they just came up with a number. And their number was, if you commercially use this CryptoKitty, you just can't make more than $100,000 off of it, right? So, like, if you built a multi-billion-dollar brand off of one crypto kitty or something, they weren't going to let you do that. Um, but it was, like, $100,000 was that limit, which is interesting, right? So this isn't even what you can make into an NFT. That's once you have the NFT, what can you do with it? 
this commercial use issue. Um, crypto punks is about to be a really interesting space where they're all worth hundreds of thousands of dollars now and they want to start monetizing well, millions now <laughs> yeah some of them right yeah what if they want to put it on hoodies or put it on all kinds of things hmm? larva labs hasn't sued anybody yet you know it's kind of the same with dc or marvel or any of them we don't we don't see the lawsuits yet um so i know there's not <laughs> enough clarity here but those have you seen thoughts. any cease and desist or any that has happened Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I mean, I will say with Marvel and DC specifically, their cease and desist letter was just public, like it was just boom, cease and desist, right? But I've seen from one brand that I can't name cease and desists to several of their artists, and then I've seen three cease and desist letters now from like a list celebrities to. Um, one artist and two photographers that utilize their image in NFTs of some sort. And not to say that I'm like an expert or over the moon or anything. I, I don't even do that much dispute, right? Like I do planning and, and transaction stuff. I don't typically do litigation. Um, but all three of those cease and desist letters, I wrote responses to. And the response was basically like, you just issued a standard cease and desist. You have no idea what an NFT is. Your arguments are terrible, right? Like you, you, you're just annoyed that somebody else is making money off of your thing, right? Off of your image or whatever. Um, what do you want us to write? Like, do you really want my artist to take their thing down? I don't know what your hope is. And obviously I just, that's very casual based on what I said. I actually wrote something professional, but <laughs> all, all three of those cease and desist letters that came in, I sent three responses, different directions, obviously. None of them ever said anything again or filed lawsuits. So cease and desist letters aren't actually like that. That's not as formal as what we're starting to see a little more of now, which is like DMCA copyright takedowns. So digital millennium copy thought that they proposed to sell all all IP rights. Actually, to actually, Andy sorry. Could you Burnett. just go ahead? Re- repeat that uh, uh, DMCA. Um, you kind of mm-hmm. cut out there for a second, but I oh, think okay. that's important yeah, yeah. to to make sure they hear that. Yeah. So cease and desist letters aren't that scary necessarily. You just kind of have to know what your rights are, what their rights are. Typically someone's just hoping that you'll stop whatever you're doing. Um, But what we're seeing more of issued to platforms specifically is a DMCA copyright takedown request. And so that's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Basically, if you're going to post something on OpenSea, let's just go OpenSea, and someone else believes that you're violating their copyright all they have to do is reach out to OpenSea and say, hey, that piece violates our copyright. OpenSea, within their terms and conditions, and based on the way the DMCA works, they have to take the piece down. You know, if it's minted to the blockchain, you can't just burn it. But they can make it to where you can't go to the website and actually see that piece. Like, it'll just be removed from visibility. I've 
I've seen, I know of at least five things that have been pulled from OpenSea and Maker's Place. Yep. I've seen more copyright takedowns coming out. Um, and all that requires is a good faith effort. So a perfect story is um, there was an article that came out on Artnet or Art Forum last week about a Basquiat piece that was listed on OpenSea. And I think they were expecting to make like a hundred grand off of it, maybe 150. But what they wrote in their description was the purchaser of this NFT will have all IP rights associated with the piece conveyed to them and the ability to burn the original, which even this effort was a knockoff of what Burnt Banksy did months ago. And his was actually pretty well thought through and, and, and his was an interesting art like choice on his own. But this was just like a grotesque effort to make a splash. And I, I would probably venture to say whoever did this knew that Basquiat's estate would get involved because obviously that's so stupid of them to do. Um, also, I hope they're not any of your friends, but that was stupid of them to do. Um, and I, I talked to an attorney in New York and I was like, Hey, you know, this Basquiat thing's up on, on the table and she works in the art law department at a big firm. <clears throat> so she called, um, the Basquiat licensing agent, like the guy who, who runs the estates opportunities and licensing. And they freaked out obviously and reached out to the necessary parties and boom, it got taken down. Turns out that wasn't the only Basquiat piece on OpenSea. And so all the other ones got taken down as well. Um, because the Basquiat estate said, look, we've given no one rights to any of our stuff and we own all of the copyrights to his works, period. And so if someone actually does own the copyright to a piece somehow, right? I don't know what that would even be, but maybe Basquiat did a work for hire for a t-shirt right or a poster or something and maybe he gave away copyrights at some point assuming he did if the licensing agent asked to pull everything and OpenSea in good faith believed well that's Basquiat's family we'll just pull everything and one or two people actually still had the rights to have it up then mm -hmm. in good faith they would go back and be like hey whoa whoa right mm -hmm. here's and so it's okay you know that and that'll have to get figured unknown territory but if someone has the copyright like if you if you created something yourself and you saw somebody else misappropriating it or using it artists should actually feel pretty comfortable knowing that you should be able to request a takedown and they should take it down that is that, doesn't mean is that, that that'll be the final answer good is that is that only on OpenSea or is it on like all the platforms so it's on it's on all the platforms for the most part, to my understanding. Um, and it's interesting, like if you look at Maker's Place, Maker's Place is one of the few platforms where if you post something, it has this little, um, it's like a certification. It's kind of basically Maker's Place version of a, a PSA authentication, right? And they're just like, you know, Maker's Place certified original work created by so-and-so. So when you're minting to Maker's Place, you are guaranteeing to Maker's Place that this is your IP. You have the rights to this IP. This is your original, right? 
And if it turns out that you lied or you didn't, then Maker's Place is happy to pull it down because it messes with their authenticity <clears throat> approach. Um, but here's which, the interesting part, which is when you've already minted something, it's already on the blockchain. So there's nothing you can do, right? To, I yeah. mean, how do you actually take that down if it's already sold? Right. So that's going to be that's going to be this really tough spot. So I mentioned earlier briefly that if if a takedown request happens and a piece of art is pulled from the website, right? It's not pulled off of the blockchain. So if I sold you a piece and then my work got pulled off of the purchasing side of the website, you're just holding the bag. Right? You have a piece that you can't even see on the website anymore, but you paid for it and you can't sell it. You basically bought stolen work and didn't know it. So probably just like in the real world when you buy stolen art that you didn't realize. So basically you, you, you what <laughs> like, you're saying is you, you, you own the, the, the token that's on the blockchain, basically the information. Uh, but when it points to an image, that image is already taken down. So you actually basically don't own anything except for that yeah. information on the blockchain. Yes. Yeah, so that that's where you would like end up in like a metadata conversation potentially, right? So so if Maker's Place said we're not showing this on our Maker's Place URL anymore, but the 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 data actually existed on IPFS and you mm. could just view it from any platform then maybe even if it got pulled from Maker's Place website, you could find a way to sell it via IPFS. But like Maker's Place specifically and Nifty Gateway specifically, like a lot of the argument is like, are you purchasing metadata? Like, are you even purchasing an NFT? Or are you basically purchasing a pointer that points to an image that points to a URL that hosts the image, right? And so if Maker's Place just makes the URL unavailable, or Maker's Place fails as a platform, do you lose everything? Yeah, that's a definitely a bigger conversation. <laughs> I, John, you know I, mean? I saw you had a question. I have tons of questions. Yeah. I have tons of questions. Go, go I, mean, I mean, I don't want to take over. No, 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 we're getting to all of them, I think. Um, one thing I've seen pop up a lot, um, and I'm, I'm just wondering what the legality of that is, is ignorance. So a couple of people that um, have put up um, images that is obviously fan art that they then um, minted and sold on on whatever platform. I forgot what it was. I don't I don't remember the specific thing. But so I was I was oh, somebody was asking them like, hey, are you not concerned about the copyright? This is obviously like even the title of it is like. Like let let's say for the for 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 example's sake it's Mickey Mouse. Somebody draws Mickey Mouse just exactly like Disney would do it. He mints it and sells it and it's sold and it's done. Um, and and somebody asked him like, hey, are you not concerned that Disney is gonna come after you? And he's like, oh, I didn't really think about that. Like, oh, I, I just wanted to experiment and see if people like Mickey Mouse on NFTs. In another uh, example, I I talked to to somebody and. Um, who was responding to our fan art episode and was like, hey, so I was uh, doing some Star Wars fan art and, or like I was doing some Star Wars art that is inspired by the movies, kind of like, let's say, let's call it keyframes that are not in the movies. Just kind of like, 
expanding the universe or whatever. Then he's like, oh, I didn't even realize this is fan art. Um, does something like that hold up anywhere? Can you feign that ignorance to say like, oh, like I didn't know if, if it's fake or not? Yeah, it's, like it's a good, I mean, it's a good question. Yeah. It's um, ignorance. I, I'm not going to use lawyer words. Sorry, sorry. There's a bunch of different ways to describe yeah, the yeah. fact that ignorance is not good enough. Right. Like pretty much ever ignorance is is typically just not good enough if it's like a, a statutory issue that didn't require intent right so like murder requires like there's different types of murder right but cold-blooded first-degree murder is you had to intend mm. to do it like you thought about it you knew what you were doing and you did it but that's why there's like murder one murder two murder three right manslaughter right so it's like you still killed somebody but maybe you didn't mean to or you didn't try but, like, they're still going to punish you for it. You know, so I, I use that as in, let's jump to the to this issue, where it's like, you premeditatedly drew Mickey Mouse, you knew you were violating a copyright, mm. you really wanted to. There's actually a piece on Zora, the, the website Zora, that was, I believe it was Mickey Mouse's head, or Mickey himself, and it said, um, like, it said on the piece... This is in violation of Disney's copyrights. We will happily pay our own court and tribunal fees. <laughs> that was the piece. And instead of Zora allowing it to sell, one of the co-founders of Zora, uh, another Jacob, trans they transferred it into Jacob's wallet because they couldn't force this person to burn mm. it. They couldn't force burn it. But they also didn't want it to exchange hands for money. So they did a free transfer. Like, they forced transferred it in the, to the co-founder's wallet. Um, so that was obviously, that's murder one, right? That's deeply yeah, intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried. You could come all the way down to someone who just doesn't know much about NFTs mm. or IP or just really genuinely didn't think mm. about it and they doodled a Star yeah. Wars thing or Mickey and they posted it. Technically violating a copyright on purpose or not on purpose is still violating a copyright. So the, the two questions I always ask people, um, I think they're the best questions. This is probably the most helpful thing I'll say on this podcast is whatever, whatever you're thinking about doing, whatever that may be, who could sue you for it? Number one question, who? Right? Like if it's your, your cousin or a former collaborator or some artist you've never heard of that lives on the other side of the world, who could sue you? Number two is, would they do that? Or what would they gain from doing that? Right? So if the answer is Disney, okay, they're scarier than the average bear, right? And what would they gain from that? Well, they would probably like to bash every one of your skulls so that they can go ahead and continue to retain their IP. But if we look at Etsy, there's Disney and Disney derivative stuff everywhere, right? So they literally can't bash every skull. So if somebody's making a few thousand bucks on the corner selling Mickey Mouse doodles, decent chance they just never even get on Disney's mm. radar, right? Like, but if you go on OpenSea and there's only four people in the whole world claiming to sell a Basque yacht, 
and Basquiat's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and their estate is known to be litigious and known to sue people, they're going to sue you mm. <laughs> if you use Basquiat yep. in the title and it's on OpenSea, right? Like, so it's – Disney's interesting because they're super scary, but also do they have time to sue everybody? Mm. No, right? Yeah. But I mean, you take yeah. Basquiat or Warhol, who's also really scary – and they will take the time to sue you. So it's like everything you do is kind of like who could mm. sue you? How much would mm. they sue you? Or would they sue you? Um, I'm not recommending anyone break laws based on the, on those <laughs> codes. But but it is helpful to think through. Like if you're, if you're scared of boogeyman, it's like, okay, well, how big is the boogeyman? Do they like to sue people? You know, what would they gain from doing that? That's actually a really helpful framework for like making certain decisions. Okay, so I mean, an another question I had, and I mean, again, it's it's probably difficult to answer, but um, if if we go to the if we go to the uh, like imaginary state, okay, I'm like uh, like that has to do with international law, I guess. But let's say I have I have created this IP, I have registered a trademark for my own IP, um, and I see somebody else doing something with it right like i don't know selling t-shirts minting nfts with what is obviously my work mm -hmm. like and let's say it's it's even in different countries let's say i've applied for a trademark i'm a u.s citizen but i see some company in i don't know germany china uh australia i don't know wherever right uh use that um what can i realistically do do i have to kind of say like yeah, shit happens. Or yeah, so there's there's a couple layers here, right? Because uh, I can I can't tell you how many times fake Louis Vuitton wallets and purses sell <laughs> yeah. on the streets of, of Hong Kong, Singapore, of course, of course. Jakarta, Everybody. right? Like so, so they've been trying for probably twenty years yeah, yeah, to shut yeah. down counterfeit. So, so step one is always the reminder that NFTs are new asterisk nothing is really new right mm -hmm. so like this is just a new world mm -hmm. with a new version of counterfeiting yeah. um i think i've actually chatted with uh, a couple of fortune 500s a couple of companies that have really big ip holdings i, I typically work with artists mm -hmm. and, and startups and stuff but i've consulted a couple of big companies trying to feel the space out and one of their biggest concerns was selling NFTs that included fully high resolution images because it would make it so easy to create knockoff trading cards. I'll just say trading cards, mm. right? If right now, if you look online at your favorite trading card game, you cannot get the purest high resolution image, right? It's a little bit off. And so a counterfeit of a Black Lotus or a first edition Charizard, like you would know it was a counterfeit. PSA would know it's a counterfeit. But if Wizards or Pokemon were to drop perfectly high resolution images in with the sale of an NFT, which many NFTs come with unlockable content that's the full high res image or the 3D model filing, right? Like they give you they give you the goods on the other end of the purchase. And they hope you're not gonna do anything with it. But yeah, let's take your scenario where someone does do something with it. Okay, well, we know Louis Vuitton has, and, and Ray-Bans have dealt with knockoffs for decades. 
we know that wizards and Pokemon are deeply afraid of counterfeits. And thus far, they believe they catch most of them, right? They're not super worried about the current counterfeits, but they're afraid of new counterfeits if they do NFTs. If an artist, if you, if you believe your stuff is being utilized by someone else in an NFT specifically, right? I'm not talking t-shirts or hoodies, just an NFT. You can utilize the DMCA copyright takedown yourself. It's not just built for Disney. It's built for anybody. Um, so if you can, what I would recommend is have a Word document. Each URL that you think is an individual or a piece that was yours, take all the URLs take screenshots of each piece, put that in a Word document, send it off to OpenSea or Maker's Place or whoever and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. This is my work. It's being utilized by this other person. Um, and, you know, I in good faith believe that this is my work. I made this at X point in time or, or whatever you feel the need to say. You don't have to show your copyright registration or anything. But... So, so so, you give them that, they should take the piece down right away. Say the other side disagrees with you, though, right? In, in, the, in the way copyright works, at least in the U.S., it's a little different in, in Canada and the U.K., is my understanding. But in the U.S., to enforce your copyright, so like to sue someone for actually violating your copyright, you have to turn around and register your copyright. So you do have one, but you're supposed to register it to actually enforce it. Um, which is fine. You can always backdate your copyright. It's just you kind of want to know when you created the thing or you have the file on your computer or something mm. that shows like that moment of creation, um, if possible. Um, a friend of mine showed me uh, a piece that Baldessari, Baldessari, I think he was a professor at UCLA, some uh, like art legend that I'm not, I, I don't know him well. Um, but he had a conceptual piece that was like, a gray canvas and he wrote on it like um, concept conceived 10 a.m. Tuesday and he wrote the date like and it was this conceptual art piece that was literally just when he conceived mm. his thing and it was a take it was a take on copyright law is what he was mm. going for it's like this is when I conceived my idea and it was just uh, an interesting piece but you know the more juice you have or even I mean frankly if you're creating new images, it doesn't... I mean, Beeple has proof, right? Every day, Beeple just posts mm. his piece. And he's like, that's my piece. That's that's my proof. I'm the first person to ever show it. Um, so Instagram might not be a bad idea either, right? Or, or just somewhere where it's like, this was mine first. You just got to have a little something to prove if you want to prove that mm. it was yours. Because um, yeah. I, I, I was under the impression, which, you know, is kind of what you're saying is, is that... Um, you know, just by creating it, there is already copyright in it. But you're saying, in order to enforce it, then you need to bring it into an, actually something more official than just yeah. You know. So okay, basically, yeah. So yeah, it's called a nat it's called a natural copyright, right, right? right? So when a photographer takes a photo, or when you've created a thing or whatever, that cop the copyright is is yours mm. immediately. But if you want to go to court, the court's gonna go. That's cute that you say it's yours, mm. right? Like yeah. that. Like that's that's more or less the court's response. Yeah. Is that's cute. <laughs> Tell us, prove prove yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So and mm. so it's not that hard to register. So you know? so let's say like like in 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 addition to that, like let's say the platform it's on is based in America, the guy who minted mm -hmm. it is in. 
Brazil. I'm the copyright holder. I'm sitting in the UK. Like, do I need to register the copyright in, in the UK, in the US? Do I need to, like, uh, do I need to get a US lawyer involved to write to um, whatever platform in the US? Do I need to get a UK lawyer involved that is in in my place of residence like when we get into truly so so it's both an international ip issue and it's a decentralized network issue and there might be an, an anonymity issue right what if the person in brazil that's minting is anonymous how in the world are you going to sue that person right like uh, i don't want to you know i'm not promoting any negativity or, or theft or anything but To be fair, there's no guarantee that you can stop that person, right? Like you can hope the platform shuts them down, and you should. You should before. Well, so that's what I'm saying. So I guess the best answer I could give is if someone's in the U.S. Your stuff's being stolen by someone in Brazil, but it's on a platform in the U.S. You do the DMCA copyright takedown request, and they should just pull it down. Like mm -hmm. that's step one. You go to them, yeah. and if they don't pull it down. You're in the UK, they're in the US. You just sued them for not shutting down the mm. theft, oh, okay. right? Okay. Like that's yeah. that 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 would be the straight answer, I guess. Mm. I actually, so I guess maybe I do know the answer to the question, which mm. is, you probably can't get to the person in Brazil because mm. you probably don't know who they are. You don't yeah, know how right, to sue yeah. them, right? But you you just go to the platform. No, that's and the platform point, though, yeah. has to figure it out. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's good. Look at that! I figured something out on my <laughs> great. Um, Emmanuel, do you have anything else? Um, well, I think for me mainly it's just, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's really interesting information and it really does sound like it's just one of those things where, um, things are being figured out now. Mm. Um, and I think that, I think for anybody who's, who's, you know, doing stuff that they're actually looking at, they're questioning whether, you know, they're using something that's, you know, IP, uh, someone else's IP, I would just say, you know, err on the side of caution yeah um and you because you don't want to be made an example of because who knows uh at some point uh some big company might just be pissed off and make an example out of you you, you just don't know and it's just not worth um challenging that i think um but, i mean that would be my advice but uh of course <laughs> take of it what you will is there any advice last minute things you want to say jacob Yeah, I, you know, I think this, this whole topic of NFTs specifically, like, long term, I'm, I'm bullish on smart contracts in general. Like, I just, I have been for years, literally, I tried to build a wills and trust platform. I just believe in the automatic nature, the frictionless nature. Um, I hope illustrators and artists can get paid off of their work forever. Um I think it'd be great if they could have a 2% writer associated with films they've worked on, associated with pieces they've, you know, put out there and, and hoodies that went on a hoodie, but they get a 1% royalty forever, right? That's way annoying to do with current accounting systems. But if we could get smart contracts in play in general, right, whether they were NFTs or whatever, whatever the mechanism needs to be. So we probably only touched on and we didn't touch on enough things i'm sure for everyone to be like yay i learned a ton today but uh it's 
it's an expansive space and I, you know, up until five months ago, I probably worked mainly with, I, I did work mainly with startups, venture capital fund, funded startups and corporate type stuff. And my like few months I've worked with traditional painters, musicians, celebrities, athletes, comic book illustrators, card game illustrators, like everybody wants in. It's fun. Well, I, I think that was really great, um, Jacob. I think uh, even even though you say like people won't get much out of it because we haven't discussed much, I think there's there's really a lot of interesting uh, uh, knowledge that I think you 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 helped everybody gain here. Um, is there any place where where people maybe can reach out to you? Maybe uh, they can find you on Clubhouse or I don't know where where else you usually. Um, where, which other social networks you usually use? I don't know. If, if people have questions, uh, if people want to know more, if people feel like, hey, some, like, I need your legal services, like, where can they find you? Yeah, so on, on Clubhouse, Twitter, and Instagram, I have the handle at the NFT attorney. Um, and then my website, people can always email me. Uh, it's www.jtmtechlaw.com. And so my email address is there. I'm, I'm open. Yeah, we'll put the links in the description below so everybody can reach out. Um, well, again, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's really late in LA already, we, uh, I know. So uh, we want to let you go. And um, again, thanks so much for, for joining us uh, for thank this episode. You. And um, yeah, guys. to our listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, comment and subscribe. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.